Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. While you guys are having a seat, can we welcome all the guests here at church today? Let's give them a round of applause, whether you're in the room or you're online. Listen, we know how intimidating it can be to come into a room that you don't know anybody. And we want you to feel, if nothing, not just welcome here because everybody can say, welcome home, you're welcome, you're welcome. We honestly want you to feel like you are wanted here. That you don't have to believe what we believe in order to belong here. You have found a family. And so we're so grateful that you are joining us on Father's Day. Let's go, dads, come on. And I'm excited because I have a very special guest, a few of them actually that are going to join me this Father's Day. One of them is my dad, so let's go, my pops, um, and he's going to be up here in just a moment, and my brother and my son, Wade, who turns 18 today on the 18th. I told him, I'm like, hey, it used to be you'd be tried as a minor, but not today, not today. Uh, We are so glad that you guys are here, though. We love the dads, and so hopefully you have a great day today. In fact, your wives all got together and said that after this, they are sending you all to go play golf um, and get massages. Maybe, maybe not. That might be weird. I don't know. But happy Father's Day. Uh, Today, I want to set up what we're going to discuss because I want to talk about how we become good dads. Really good dads, not great dads, not perfect dads, because this is a bunch of imperfect people. How many of you know that? Trying to do our best to follow a perfect and holy God, and we all fall short. And so the goal has never been perfection. I would say the goal is always pursuit, a constant pursuit. How do we continually pursue being more like God? And I think more, the more and more we do that, the better we become with all our relationships, including the one as being a father as well. So I want to talk about how to be a really good dad. And I want to set it up through a story we find in Matthew chapter three, where God, his son, the whole, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit all show up at the same time. And this is what it says, I'll read it to you. It'll be up on the screen behind me, I think, in three, two, one. Oh, look at that timing. <laughs> then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter him. Now John is the cousin of Jesus. So Jesus shows up and says, hey, cuz, because literally he's his cuz, says, I need you to baptize me. And John's like, no, I can't do that. You're the Messiah. You're, you're like the, you're God. And so I, I can't do that. And he finally talks him into it and says, John says, I need to be baptized by you, but you come to me. Jesus replied, let it be so now. Let's do this now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. Keep going. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, it says, heaven was opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. So right away, we see just God shows up, just shows up in this amazing event of heaven being opened, the Spirit of God coming down like a dove, and it says, um, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son, don't miss this, whom I love and with him I am well pleased. A voice from heaven speaks up 
And this is an audible voice. And a lot of people would tell you, you know, well, that, that was just meant for Jesus. But Jesus had all the times that he would, like, take off and, and retreat and have this, you know, one-on-one, like, prayer time with, with God the Father. Oh, they took it away. That's okay. And he says, this is my son whom I love, and I am well, well pleased. So God speaks up in that moment for everyone to hear. And so I was thinking about this discussion today and the interview we're about to have. And it reminded me of a time I was talking with a gentleman who was gonna be a first time father. How many of you dads remember the first time you got the news that you're gonna be a dad? Well, this guy looked terrified. Like a deer in headlights, he's kind of freaking out, you know, a little bit. He was doing that kind of sort of laughing, sort of crying thing, you know what I'm talking about? He's like, well, I guess I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a dad. (laughs) Starts bawling. And I'm like, get a grip, man. I went all Gordon Ramsay on him, minus the swearing. I'm like, let's go, get it together. He's like, Colby, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And so here's what I told him. I said, you want to be a really good dad? He's like, yeah, I want to be a good dad. And so here's what I told him. You ready for it? But before I tell you, let me just say this. That uh, my advice to him would have been different had he asked me this before I was actually a dad. Because before I became a dad, before I had children of my own, I was a great dad in my mind. Anybody else? Like I thought I was gonna kill the whole parenting thing. I'm like, this is gonna be awesome. I'm gonna do a great job because I would see parents with their children in grocery stores, throwing a fit, crying on the ground, and I'd be like, come on, parent. Get a hold of that. Would you handle that? Take care, man, if that was my kid, But then guess what? I had kids. And how many of you know I'm that parent now with a kid on the ground, right? And so I want to publicly apologize to all the parents I ever mocked because it's tough, is it not? It is so hard. Now when I see a dad, you know, struggling with his toddler or whatever in in a grocery store, you know, I just kind of give him the, man, I know, bro. I got you. Like we exchanged information. We started a support group, you know, for dads with, with toddlers. No, not really. But my advice would have been completely different before I was a parent. I would have said something all spiritual like, well, you know what? God's word says, spare the rod, spoil the child, or train the child up in the way that they should go and they won't depart from, you know, God, or, or you should capitalize on teachable moments, teachable moments, that's what you need to do, or take this little blessing that God gave. My, my advice would have been completely different. And so here's what I told him. You ready for it? I'm like, you wanna be a really good dad, here's what you have to do. I'm gonna tell you in just a second. So, Growing up, well, I have four boys, count them, four boys, you guys know that. I have coached about every sport imaginable, um, being the dad of four boys. T-ball, baseball, a little bit of baseball, um, not basketball, sorry, that's just, that gene did not hit our family. Uh, Some football maybe out in the yard, different kinds of things, and soccer. And at one point I coached like toddler, like soccer, like three, four-year-olds. Last year I coached our my, my kindergartner, he just graduated kindergarten, you know, that's, I guess that's a big deal. It never used to be a big deal, but now it's a big deal. I don't know why. But he graduated kindergarten, but he had this kindergarten soccer team, and uh, I was the coach of it. And listen, I can stand up here, you know, and do four of these services, no problem. 60 minutes of kindergarten soccer, I'm done. <laughs> done. I am exhausted. It's like, it's, it's hard. But, you know, I got these kids together, and there was um, our first game, we played against the travel team. 
You know, so we were kind of the, the Fort LaBeouf, you know, kind of school teams. We played against this travel team. In fact, they only played three players against our five players. And the score was like 21 to three. It was a football score. I'm not even kidding. They crushed us. But there was this one kid that got the ball all the time. And every time he got the ball, he scored without fail. And so at halftime, I got, gathered all the kids together. I'm like, hey, guys, number 12, he's killing us. Like, you need to get in there and take him out. You need to slide tackle him. And the ref, like, I think heard me. And so he came over and said, hey, Coach, Coach Colby, this is non-contact. You soccer. I'm like, oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. And he walked away. I'm like, hey, kids, number 12. Get him out of there. Get him out of there. And he just kept on doing it. In fact, it, it reminds me, I probably should have asked for that kid's birth certificate because his parents said he was six, his armpit hair said he was 12. No joke. But I pulled our goalie aside, all right? Because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed. I played a little you know, youth soccer goalie myself back in the day, I was pretty good. And so I pulled him aside and said, hey man, he's killing us. Like you have to stop the ball. And so I started coaching him on how to do that. I started telling him about how to cut off the angles, when to, when to charge after the ball, where he should stand, all this kind of stuff. And so I felt confident at the beginning of the second half, like it's on, like we're gonna turn this thing around. You know, we're gonna score at least, you know, we're at least not gonna be, you know, any worse than 21 to three. Let's, let, let's turn this thing around. And so uh, we go and sure enough, that kid gets the ball at the start of the half and he comes charging down the field. And I'm like, I'm about to witness all this wisdom that I have just imparted into this young man come into action. Like now this is gonna be, this is gonna be amazing. And so he's charging down the field and he goes right up to the goal, kicks a goal, open net, no goalie to be found. I look around, I'm like, what happened? He's behind the goal playing with the other kids. And I said, in this whole breakdown, of how to be a really good goalkeeper, I missed an incredibly important detail. And so here's the same thing that I told that guy who looked at me in my office and said, what do I need to do? I said, the first thing you have to do is you just gotta show up. Show up, you just gotta be there. Like, like be present. You don't have to be the best dad. You don't have to be the, the, the dad that figures everything out. You can be struggling. You can have made a mess of things. But if you will just show up. Come on, somebody say, show up. Just show up. Just be there. It makes all the difference in the world if you'll just show up. And I want to say that to some struggling dad right now who feels like you've just, you failed. But you know what? If you just keep showing up, God has given you everything that you need to be a really good dad. All you have to do is keep showing up. The second thing we see in that text is that, so God shows up, but then he also speaks up. That's number two. Just speak up. How many of you know there's power of life and death in our tongue? That's what the Bible tells us. Now our words, our words can be used to build each other up or tear each other down. And if you will just speak up. And so what does God say in that moment? He says, this is my son whom I love and with him I am well pleased. He speaks up. He speaks life over him. And I'm telling you, if you have someone building you up with words, it gives you this confidence. It gives you this strength. You want to be a really good dad? Speak up. Speak up. Don't withhold it. Don't withhold it, don't, don't miss those moments not to speak into their, their life and build them up. And then the last thing 
that I'd have you write down is this number three is look up. So I think if you want to be a good dad, you need to You need to show up, you need to speak up, and you also need to look up. Let me say it this way. Let your children see you as you follow God. Let them see you as you keep your eyes fixed on on God. Let them watch you as you watch your God. And I promise you, it'll it'll make a huge impact in their life. Thinking about this building right here that we're all sitting in, um, before we moved into this building, we were at... Harding School on 8th and Lincoln. Some of you were there. We were doing the portable church thing, load in, load out, tear down, you know, set up all that kind of stuff. And so uh, when this building came open, this used to be the Dollar Theater and it it closed. And then I asked them, can we move in here? And they're like, nope, not going to happen, not going to happen. How many of you know God is in the business of bringing dead things back to life? And so eventually, but here's what it took. I think this is, this is a part of it. Like we would come here, me, my family, other people in this church, and we would march around these walls like a, like a Jericho march without the walls falling down. We wanted them to stay up. And so we marched around these walls, praying over it, touching every brick I could along the, the side, just saying, God, if this is where you want us to go, you're going to make a way where there is no way. You're going to open a door. And you know what? My kids saw me do that. They were a part of that because my hope is that one day, When they're like, God, I don't know what to do. They're gonna say, but when my dad didn't know what to do, you know what he did? He sought God. He said, God, like like, whatever it is, your plans. Like that was my first response was to go to God, not my last resort, not my last effort. It was to say, hey God, you make a way where there is no way. Look up and have your children watch you as you watch God. And I think the, the kings of showing up The kings of speaking up and looking up are here with us today, and I'd love to invite them to the platform. Can you guys welcome my dad, my brother, and my son, Wade. Let's go, you guys. Come on up. I love it. I love it. Let's go. My dad's never been up here before. I mean, he's been to Elevate Church before. This is my dad. This is Major Atkins, uh, David Atkins from the Salvation Army. Yeah, come on over, come on. And uh, then I have my brother here. You guys have met him. He has spoken at this church before. Uh, this is Lieutenant Colonel Matthew David Atkins from the U.S. Army. So both, both in the Army, very different armies, right? And then, of course, my son, 18-year-old today. He's a man, people. He's a man. And out of these three here, where do you think he gets his height? None of us. My father-in-law is here today, too. Can you help me say hello to my father-in-law? What a great man of God, too. I'm taller than you, though. I am taller than you. Have a seat, you guys. Have a seat. Maybe not. I have no idea. Um, I thought it'd be great to have my dad speak into the one who has spoken into my life, you know, growing up, to speak into the life of of this house as well and talking about, you know, these three different areas and what it looks like. Because we'll all say, like... Like, we haven't figured this out. We have not perfected this. And again, this is not about perfection. But this is about how uh, this has been modeled for me so I can take this and model it to my children as well. And so my dad was a great example of that for both me and my brother. And I should mention, too, we have one more brother. His name is Cliff. He was also in the military. I'm the only one who didn't go into some sort of military. It's not, but, but your camo shirt is lovely. That's why I'm wearing this. 
because I figure I need to represent somebody. Um, but he's, I'm the middle child, and we all know the middle child is the best child. So right away, let's just, quick introductions. Dad, I'd love for you to just tell them who you are. Obviously, I already told him that, but maybe kind of Thanks. what you do, all that good stuff, because a lot of what he does um, has really been a great example for, for me and my brother as well. So it's all yours. You just, you're in charge now. Obi, thank you. First of all, I want to say how much I love this church and what a great thing God is doing yeah. here at Elevate and working through your family, Kobe, and uh, ministering to this community. It's an awesome thing. Yeah, we got some Makes great teams here, don't we? we got some great people uh, coming to this church. Makes me so proud and proud of Matthew, my son, who's a great leader of men. And uh, then Cliff is out in Arkansas today. And he's a great father. Fishing or so something. He's Probably doing something enough. today. And uh, I want to say right off the top, too, that I'm, I'm grateful for God's grace in my life. Uh, many times undeserving uh, that God can still forgive me of spectacular failures in my life. Uh, I've crashed and burned. But God still seems to have a place for me and a work for me to do. And, and a life to live before him. So I just seek him and the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life to guide me. Right now I have a really big family. I've, uh, I'm still the administrator of a rehab center for men with addictions in recovery. And right now I have 52 other sons uh, in Davenport, Iowa. And about to leave to uh, St. Louis, Missouri uh, to minister there right. for another year. And uh, so... God has given me a big family, but he's also given me a great example in my own father, who was a Salvation Army officer, also for 30 years in one town <clears throat> on the Mexican border in Laredo, is where we grew up. And uh, my dad always showed up for us, hmm. eight kids, don't know how he did it. Um, he was older when I was born. My sister and I were born when my mother was in her mid-40s, so she called us her fall crop. And uh, So dad, being older, he would work so hard, and at the end of the day, he'd be really tired. I knew that, but we would cajole and say, Dad, can we play catch and, and go out and do things? And he would. And then at the end of Christmas, after all that busy work that he did, uh, it was time to go deer hunting. Uh, before New Year's, and uh, we dragged Dad out there in the woods, and uh, he would mostly sit around the campfire and drink coffee, but he was there, hmm. and uh, Dad always showed up, and uh, I was so grateful to have an example like him. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Matt, obviously, we have the same dad, yep. yes. but why don't you oh. tell a little bit about you, your family, and then how... Our dad showed up for you in your life. Sure, sure. So um, I, I have one of my children here with me, our, our fall crop, our youngest, <laughs> Emma Kate, over there. She's the family rock star. I've got uh, two others, Bramwell in the middle, his uh, sister, our daughter Hannah beside him, and his wife on the other side, Maharel. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, our spring and fall crop right there. But uh, we, I think very similar to your dad. I, I remember Colby when we were growing up and 
Dad would come home from the Salvation Army pretty worn out, generally, long days, early mornings. Facts. And, uh, and we would uh, jump on Dad on the couch and beg him to come outside and throw a ball or a Frisbee. And he'd always say, just give me 15 minutes to unwind. And he'd lay back, and it probably wasn't five minutes before we had you out of a uniform into, into some uh, T-shirt and jeans throwing a, a Frisbee in the yard. So uh, definitely, I remember Dad showing up yeah. and being present. That's awesome, yeah. man. That's awesome. And Wade, I mean, obviously you have the best dad here. So <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Tell us, <laughs> Tell us a little how you're... That has showed up. Um, well, I guess I don't have all the stories and memories that uh, these guys do because I'm still... Well, let me, let me share one thing. Okay. No, and go then, ahead. Because I did not say yet... Oh, no, you go ahead. <laughs> all right. Um, Wait, no. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. You go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Just saying that like, I'm, still, I'm still here in the, in the house living it. Um, That's true. Every day having my dad show up for me and be available to... Um, be there and support showing up for um, sporting events, graduation yeah. recently, um, just other stuff like that means a, a ton to me. And I know the same thing for my three younger brothers. Um, so just the fact that you're always available and willing to show up for us um, has meant so much um, to me. So, I mean, small stuff like that. It's dusty. It's dusty. Uh, no, that's awesome, Wade. Thank you. Thanks. I know for me, um, my dad showed up in a really big way in my life back in high school, which, you know, as you can imagine, I wasn't the best child growing up. And, uh, and so we, we had this one scavenger hunt. I don't know if I've told you about this or not, but we did a scavenger hunt when I was, I think, a, a junior or senior in high school where not your typical scavenger hunt, like go find your mom's hairbrush, you know, go get, no, the things on this scavenger hunt list were like Coke machines. Um, telephone booths back in the day when they used to have those. There were, there was like, take the signs, the, the letters off of your rival high school, you know, and bring those. And so these were the items. And of course, you know, the, the, the letters, those kinds of things were worth more points. And so I remember, you know, I made a grappling hook out of a rope and something, and I got on some high school anyway. We brought all that st stuff together and we dumped it off in a cul-de-sac of this, this development that had not yet been, you know, kind of finished. There was just empty lots right now. We dumped it there. But also with all the stuff that we brought for the scavenger hunt, we also left the list of every name and every team <laughs> participating. And so obviously it was found, the police found it. A couple days later in school, there were detectives there, people showing up, pulling us out of class and having to go before the judge. And my father basically is one of those things where, hey, I know you need me now more than you ever have in your life. And he showed up and like, I think you talked to the judge for me, got me out of a lot of community service. I only did 13 hours of community service. Yes, your pastor had to do 13 hours of community service. Um, this is pre-saved people back in the day. But uh, listen, he just would always show up. And I, don't, I can't think of an a time where if I didn't call him and need him, he wouldn't be there in, in a moment. I can't think of a time when the police showed up at our house that it wasn't about you. That's, that's what I, I can't remember. Yeah, we want to remember several of those. Listen, there was a couple times. One time, 
they showed up. You want to talk about that one, Dad? Or is that still a soft uh, spot? That's a hard one right there. Still a hard uh, one. Yeah. Detective Valentine lied. I'll just say that. He lied. Uh, so uh, I've <laughs> okay, lived with all right. this all my life. But uh, uh, he was accused falsely of a, of a problem at a party that they took some things. And the detective came to the house and told a lie. He said, we have witnesses. You did it. And I look at Kobe. I said, Kobe, if that's true, then you need to own up. And the hurt in his eyes was something I'll never forget. And I still suffer to this day. And you shouldn't forget day. it, ever. That's you should just remember it for the rest of your life. Man. Let's talk about uh, the next one. So showing up and then speaking up. Speaking yeah. up. Like um, words are powerful in our life. And I can't remember a time that, that you didn't make me feel like I could accomplish anything. Just by the way that you always say I love you, I'm proud of you, almost to, to a fault. This is, in fact, this is what my dad will always do, he'll just kind of pat you, go, the Kolb, the Kolb, the Kolb. Just kind of rub you, you know. You know, that's just kind of how we show affection. But um, he's always been great at that, been a great example of, of speaking up, speaking words of life. How about your dad doing that from you, for yeah. you? Before we go away from that, I'm learning a lot more about this scavenger hunt than I ever knew. Oh. Actually. My dad, uh, <coughs> excuse me, my dad uh, spoke up. I remember so many times watching him preach. Uh, he's, he's preached half of the time in Spanish, by the way. And there were just a few of us, maybe 30 in our church. But every Sunday he would speak up for Christ. Mm. Uh, he, had, he was a beautiful singer, too. He had a great solo voice. But he'd sing for all the 20 or 30 of us every Sunday. It was just amazing. And one time I remember when he really showed up or spoke up is when we would have family altar at our house every morning before school. And uh, we would read the word, pass it around the room. Then we would all get on our knees and pray. And my friends would come in their car and wait for me, and sometimes would be a little late, a little long. And so one day, one of my friends came to the front door and peered in, and he saw us on our knees on the floor. And uh, he went back quietly to his car. Then I did come to the car, and we drove to the school. It was very quiet in the car. And then my friend turned to me, and he said, Raven, that's a really cool thing that your family does. And I realized then that they didn't have that kind of family life at all, no. that foundation in Scripture and in the Lord. In fact, the one who said that to me, I was sure was going to be the governor of Texas. He had everything going for him, smart, good-looking, uh, athletic, everything. And today he's on the streets in Laredo, uh, homeless because of addictions, but no family life speak of. And right now I have uh, 52 men who have almost to a man no relationship at all with right. their dad. Right. And uh, it's a tough thing to see. Yeah. Uh, so I'm so glad that my dad was one who spoke up for God all the time. Yeah, yeah, I love that. love that. about you, Matt? <coughs> yeah, um... I, this has been, a, I think, an area of, uh, of growth 
uh, for me. I, it was modeled very clearly at home. Affirmation. I, I tend to be critical at times. I, you know, just just a, a moment of confession. My last deployment, I came home and and my wife said, "You realize it's been 30 days. You've been home, and and everything you've said has been critical." I'm not a big fan, by the way, of everything and always. Because <laughs> I can always point out the one time uh, last week when I said something positive. But she said, right. but the point was that, you know, I've been, uh, and, and you mentioned earlier uh, about the word encouragement. I mean, it's just utterly essential. Hmm. Um, and uh, I, I'm thankful about this. I think there's probably some of us in here miss this, you know, the, the opportunities to encourage young uh, and maybe you've been more critical than you want to be. And yet I, I find even in myself these days a desire when something happens in my life that's positive or something that's uh, deeply challenging, the first person I, I usually want to call and talk to is my dad. Yeah, that's right. And so I'm optimistic that, you know, even though I've, I've maybe missed the mark on some of that in some, some ways that, that I have the next 40 years, 50 years of contribution to make into my own kid's life, uh, and uh, that I don't have to leave it at the level of, you know, less than perfect success, yeah. you know, that I, yeah. I've got more, more time, Lord willing, yeah. uh, to do that increasingly better. And you mentioned that in the last worship experience too, and it was just so good of a reminder for those of you that think, well, you didn't do this, you failed, doesn't mean you can't start now yeah. speaking those words over your children. Maybe you're, you know, up there in the years and feel like, well, it, it's too late. It's never too late. It's never too late to start now being that encourager to those around you. So I appreciated you even mentioning that earlier. How about you, Wade? Yeah, I know you always uh, like to joke about being an encouraging father. That's right. <laughs> when sometimes you're being less than that. Often, often, yeah. Uh, but no, for real, um, you are very, a very encouraging father who um, will always, use, always take uh, the opportunity to build us up and use words of encouragement. Um, for example, like today, I don't like doing this. Yeah, I know, man, I know. You're doing great, by the way. And so um, just the fact that last night you speaking up and building me up and giving me confidence to do it again today has just been an amazing thing and really helped awesome. me out. And there's so many other instances like awesome. that where it's just a super great thing. Um, and I'm blessed with a father like that. Yeah. And awesome. I'm very thankful. Thanks, man. Thanks, yeah. Wade. Um, let's talk about the last one, about uh, showing up or looking up. Sorry. We already did that one. Because I think this one is probably the most valuable. This is one of the things that you, can't, you cannot replace. Like if you have an example to look to in your life who is looking to God, to follow God, um, like that's one of the, I think, the biggest pieces that's really been able to impact. Like, you can tell me things all day, but if I, if I watch your life line up with what you say, it makes all the difference. And I would say that's been so true of you, Dad. Really, just the example that you've set and the way that you've selflessly given your life to ministry, to God's call on your life, to pour into and to help these men come out of addiction and lead them to freedom in Christ. I mean, you could say all the, the ways that you failed, but I think just that example, this constant pursuit of, 
I've just got to follow God. I've just got to seek God. Just seek God. Um, the way that you looked up has really allowed me to, to do the same. And so I appreciate that. But you also must have learned that from your father. Oh, I certainly did. My dad. Um, first of all, I'm so surprised by God's grace in my life again. Yeah. And my wonderful sons and Frankly, when I go to somebody to look to, to uh, for advice, I come to Matthew and Colby. There's no secret about that. Who gives better advice, by the way? Um, Just not that we're competitive. I, I weigh them off, and uh, I usually go my own way okay. after that. That's wise. That's probably wise. wise. An example of my father looking up... Uh, he, by the way, he was called the saint of the Rio Grande, and he was a saintly man. Hmm. He knew everybody in town. They all knew him uh, because he went from business to business selling the war cry, which is the only way sometimes we had of supporting the family. Uh, he went many times without any kind of paycheck or what we call an allowance. Hmm. Uh, but uh, came the day for him to pass, and... And in the Salvation Army, we don't die. We're promoted to glory. And as we stood around the bedside uh, with him, uh, he suddenly opened his eyes and he looked up and he said, I see the presence of God all around me. I see it. Not that he felt it or sensed it, but he said, I literally see the presence of God. And uh, so he was always looking up hmm. himself. Yeah. Uh, to God for guidance. He, every day he'd start the day in prayer, early, four o'clock. My grandfather lived with us too, and he was a man of God, and he was up early praying and reading the word, and then it was time for coffee. But uh, I, I just have that example always in my mind of my dad, who was the always faithful and looking to God for guidance. I never knew a time that he wanted to leave the work. Um, he, he was in Laredo for some 30 years, which is a record, actually, <laughs> as a Salvation Army pastor in one place. And he preached, as I think I said, mostly in Spanish, at least half the time. But he was always looking to the Father yeah. for direction. He left us with that. Eight kids, uh, most of whom are serving God today. Oh, that's a great example. Great example. Yeah, uh, we, we talk about identity in, in the military, especially with, with young soldiers all the time. And, uh, um, and so many of our young soldiers come from backgrounds where they didn't have a model, you know. And maybe that's just ubiquitous hmm. nationwide anymore. So uh, much of the time, I'm very, very grateful uh, for the modeling that we've had. Um, Devotional life, my wife is much better at kind of maintaining consistency with that, with our children. But what I, I believe I've, I've been able to offer to our children has been a direct uh, result of watching a father who uh, offered his life and service authentically to yeah, God and yeah. to others. And so uh, I think much more is caught than taught, right, at the end of the day. Uh, you can say a lot of things and you can intend a lot. Uh, but unless it's modeled and there's something to pattern a life after, and unless a father speaks identity into you, as we've already talked about, uh, boy, you're, you're kind of left out there on your own. And so I'm very grateful for that. Right. 
Yeah, just like um, how I think actions speak way louder than words. Um, you can speak up as much as you as much as you can uh, to your kids, but if they don't have someone they can look up to, right? It's really it's not going to amount to anything. Um, I know you shared earlier about um, the story of us coming to this building and praying to God um, for Him to open up the doors and marching around, touching the bricks, praying to Him, um, and how that just set uh, an example to us and showed us that you, uh, our Father is not going to lean on His own understanding, but on God. And uh, that reminded me of another time when we went camping to, as some of you might know, to the Adirondacks, where we got not attacked by a bear, but... Basically attacked. Mauled. Mauled by a bear. Mauled, I would say. We fought it off and survived. No, um, ran out of camp. Ran out of camp, yeah. Um, There was no fighting. Um, But uh, it was you and Jake and Park and me. and you just told us to get behind you as we slowly walked away, tried not to disturb the bear as it took all our stuff. All our stuff. <laughs> Left with nothing. Um, but your first response was to, we got our knees and prayed to God for uh, protection and guidance. Um, and then immediately started to worship him because that's, we know that's supposed to be our first response. Yeah. And the second reason was to scare off other bears. Yeah. Just in case. Just in case there's anything else case. out there. So it's just a, a group of guys walking around in the dark singing, singing the God. worship songs. That's it. That's right. <laughs> it, that's, that's all it was. And um, just the example and opportunity for us and my brothers, or me and my brothers, to look up and see the example you set has just been something that I'll never forget. I'm sure they'll never forget it. And that really has taught, taught me um, so much about how to be a man of God who... Puts, puts his faith first and trusts in him awesome. rather than what we're going to be able to do, which is... Hey, don't play with it. Let's just go all the way. <laughs> that was great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think as we wrap this up, what's significant about the passage that we read in Matthew, um, you know, when God shows up with Jesus being baptized and he's there and he says... You know, this is my son, I love, I'm well pleased. The very next verse, see our, our Bibles, like sometimes I'll read a chapter and then I'll close it probably like many of you do and think that that's the end of it. But our chapters and verses were put in there after the fact, just to help us, you know, get reference and make things quick and easy for us to find. But the very next verse, Matthew chapter four, verse one says this, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The very next verse, God shows up, I think intentionally, to speak life into his son, to say, this is my son, I'm proud of him, I'm well pleased with him, because he knew what Jesus was about to go into. And I think we have the same opportunity Like, this would be the greatest challenge of Jesus yet up until this point before the cross that he would face in the wilderness, being tempted, you know, using God's word against the enemy. But we're all going to have the enemy want to kill our families, want to kill their identity, want to steal their purpose in their life, want to tempt them, you know, out of God's calling. But I think if we will model and do what God did and say, this is my son whom I love, and I'm well pleased with him, that's going to set them up for those dark seasons 
in their life, those temptations, those things that are coming. Every single one of us need three things. Um, Affirmation, this is my son. We need affirmation, whom I love, affection, and I am well pleased with him, approval. Every single person needs those things. And if we can do that as parents and model that, I'm telling you, it makes the world a difference in our children. Can we thank these guys for being here? Awesome, you guys did a great job. Thank you so much. I thought it'd be great uh, to have my dad just kind of close us in in prayer, if that's cool with you guys, as kind of the patriarch, just kind of close us today and uh, pray over uh, everyone in the church, but specifically maybe even men and fathers. Would you do that for us? Awesome. Let's stand up. Let's pray. Lord, uh... We used to sing a chorus that says, my Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Strength for today is mine always and all that I need for tomorrow. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Father, we follow after you and we marvel at what you're able to do in the life of this church as a beacon to this community pray today for the dads who are uh, none of us perfect and sometimes good but Lord that you uh, lead us make us Father always open to your will bless this church as it moves forward bless Kobe and his family I thank God for them and I just pray Father that you help us to seek after you to seek the presence of your Holy Spirit in our life. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There will be some practical resources to help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. Thank you for living generously. We hope you enjoyed this message. Have a great week.